So people see UFOs all the time, like lots of people all the time. I definitely do. I go out and I look at the night sky, and I see all kinds of shit that I have no idea what the hell it is. To me, it's up there, therefore it's flying. I don't know what it is. I can't identify it. It's a UF freaking O. But now, the government, the Navy, I believe it was the Navy, released uh, documents, and so did the CIA, of lots of reports of actual UFO sightings. Well, you know, when I say that again, they don't know what they are. That doesn't mean that they're aliens. They're probably aliens. But that doesn't mean that they're necessarily aliens, because I want to believe it was aliens, because that's way cooler than, you know, just a high-performance weather balloon that they don't know where it came from or what they made. But either way, that's pretty cool news. I tried looking through a lot of the reports, and most of the ones that the CIA dumped are just um, recordings of people having saw something that they could not identify. So basically, it would be my uh, completely like my completely unschooled, uneducated um, view of an object I saw in the night sky, having no background in astronomy, and trying to deduce what it was that I had um, witnessed, and. That seems to be like the majority of the things, and there's so many. Probably also part of the process to do that is to, you know, just dump so much stuff out there and so much of it being completely freaking of no value at all whatsoever to anybody. And there's probably a couple little golden nuggets in there with some validation, but somebody's going to have to do all the digging to find them. And then when they finally do find something, it probably won't be anything, you know, really groundbreaking or uh, revolutionary. But I've noticed that this uh, tend to overburden people with complexity and just monotony and over um, overwhelming them with terms and uh, just material and information and a lot of it uh, redundant or just irrelevant seems to be a pretty common practice and we see it the most uh, when we ever we grab an app, you know, anytime you go to a, a website or you open up a server, not server, you open up an app on your phone, it says, well, you know, you have to agree to the terms of service, and it's like 70 pages long. You have no idea what the fuck the terms of service are. You know, it, it's, it could be that, you know, they get to come in twice a week and fuck your wife, and you just clicked on it and said, all right, this is great. This calculator can also teach me where to find hot single moms in my area. Which it probably can, unless you're in my area and there's no hot single moms in your area. Not that I'm looking, not that I'm looking. I'm just saying that, you know, from what I see, uh, y'all need to jog a bit more. Just just saying. Um, but no, what it's really doing is it's collecting, you know, your, your, your uh, location, your physical location, your GPS, and it's comparing it to the other phones around you, and it's comparing, you know, when you do, when you, the GPS alone is just such a brilliant little piece of information it tells them everything about where you go and who you go and visit and how fast you drive to get there and how much time you spend at each intersection and whether you're using your uh, you're coming to full stops at stop signs it's all kinds of information that insurance companies would just love to get their hands on and guess what it's personally identifiable because somewhere in that terms of service there's personal identifiers that's allowed. Um, you know, they, they've been doing this forever. Uh, Google uh, Street View got into a lot of trouble 
with a lot of different countries uh, back around 2011 for having a having a, a system in the vehicle that as they drove around it would record and uh, designate or you know mark all the uh, Wi-Fi signals in all the area and you know take a picture of your house and as it drove around enough enough you know it knew exactly which house had which Wi-Fi in it and there was all kinds of personal data involved in the transmission of that Wi-Fi because right it goes back to your carrier and they know who to bill for it so that's all encoded in that Wi-Fi signal that's going to your device and they can deduce exactly who you are and what you're looking at without ever stepping foot into your home and this was just all in the name of driving around and uh, you know trying to map the world well they were mapping the world but they were also mapping which websites you and your family were visiting you freaks and so uh, Google actually just said that well it was a bug you know some engineer put it in there and uh, against our company policy and he's been thoroughly reprimanded um, probably with copious amounts of cash and a big fat bonus and they fought this forever and they never released the uh, engineers name they never fired him um, and so they just stuck with the whole well it's a bug it's a bug and like that seems to be the um, the fallback that's the default story for all these spying now oh well it's a bug remember when the NSA said it was a bug when uh, Snowden let them all go about the uh, metadata being read that's that was the uh, that was the government's excuse oh well it was a bug and we inadvertently you know viewed a few million emails it was no big deal um, you know we we're gonna fix it well why would they fix it they get no accountability and so the the corporate the corporations you know Google Facebook uh, man, all the other apps, every one of your apps and uh, Verizon Wireless was doing it forever. They had it programmed to their phone. They had a unique uh, personal identifier for every single phone. And you couldn't turn it off, and they were just selling the shit out of all your personal information. You give your kids a phone, selling the shit out of their personal information. They know who your kids are. These companies full of anonymous people who you have no idea who they are, know exactly every intimate detail about you. And, you know, is the microphone listening? Is the camera being turned on? These capabilities are all there. Now, it's very scary to think that you know they are actually listening to every one of your conversations all the time, which maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Uh, I believe that sometimes they are. I've seen some uh, ads that should not have been available through any of my online activity that popped up in my feed. Um, specifically for content on a video game I was playing that was purchased you know in person from an you know just with cash at, at the GameStop and I didn't have an account at the time and it was playing on my TV without headphones on and I don't have my PS4 hooked up to the internet and I don't have uh, an account linked to that so the only way that it could have had the information that I had bought that game was if my microphone was on so Unless there was some sort of other avenue that I missed, but I was sat there and chewed on this for a while, and I could not find it. And so that kind of creeped me right the hell out. And um, I haven't experimented by talking about a bunch of other weird shit just to find out. I mean, my phone's sitting here right now while I'm recording this. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe somebody's getting the, uh, the the quick download of this, you know. They're getting the, um, the bootleg version. Well, congratulations to them. And I know how the rest of us feel I say we feel I know how a lot of people feel like well hell I'm not that interesting anyway I don't give a shit if the CIA watches me 
uh, rub one out sitting in my underwear covered in Cheeto dust. Uh, it's kind of pathetic, you know. Yeah, you're you're personally assigned a NSA agent thinks you're pathetic too, and they're probably all sitting around drinking beer and um, you know laughing at your pathetic little wang. I know that's a bit harsh, but I felt the need to tell you that because, you know, we're part of something together here. So your pathetic little wang is my pathetic little wang. And, you know, we need to hide that shit, okay? And, and not someplace physically. Don't be gross. Don't be creepy like that. But speaking of hiding things, you know, there's really interesting theories revolving around uh, quantum physics and the multi-universe thing, uh, multi-universe theory, right? Uh, that maybe ghosts are just uh, echoes or um, pushovers. Echoes, I guess you could say. I think echoes would be right. Uh, echoes of activity taking place in neighboring universes. And somebody even theorized that maybe they were dreams. Maybe that's where dreams come from, is it's impulses from the uh, neighboring universe version of you, you know, the alternate reality. You know, the evil you doing all those horrible things that you're doing in your dreams. Or maybe it's the good you in the other universe doing all the good things and that you're really the evil one and you should be ashamed, you know. And that's something that you should really keep in mind is that if you're feeling ashamed, then you should be ashamed probably because you're shameful. One thing you might want to consider is, is you know, how animals behave around you because apparently... Uh, Animals have a really good knack for uh, sensing a person's character. So if a bear attacks you and just starts devouring you, accept your fate, you piece of shit. You deserve it. The bear knows best, okay? Um, so I like to think about the whole neighboring universe as maybe it is ghosts, because that would make a whole lot more sense that, you know, the ghosts aren't actually in the room with you, but they're just shadows cast over from some uh, leftover or time remnant a divergent timeline from another uh, portion of the universe and instead of being some creepy dead dude watching you get it on with your wife yeah I mean and that's probably evidence in and of itself that it's not real just because nobody's ever been possessed by a demon during you know sex where the head just spins around all exorcist style and starts looking at you while you're tapping it from behind and you know gives you the whole uh, split pea green soup to the chest all, all uh, uh, laws of attraction. Oh, wait, that was on her back, but whatever. You get it. And in reverse. But still, yeah, I think that right there, that, that's conclusive evidence. We're just going to call that one a wrap. It's not real. Well, maybe that's not good enough evidence, but it is for this episode. So the other thing that I was looking at was everybody freaking out over vaccines and uh, you know how we're going to all be forced to have vaccines and for the corona. And again, you know, there's absolutely zero evidence at the moment that a vaccine is going to be on the table anytime soon practically for you know uh, any use to any of us who are really tired of all the way that things are going on right now I, I can tell you looking at the numbers that I look at it looks like nobody's recording the recovered cases they're just keeping the total number bumped up all the time but they are mostly recording new cases but we don't really know exactly how much that means in the longer scale of things but it seems like uh, I guess we need a ratio between new cases to newly recovered cases instead of just total recovered cases because that number is going to keep on going up too along with the total cases because that only paints one side of the picture the other way so like there's a 
yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a problem there with just saying, okay, well, you know, the the, record, the recovered cases outweigh the new cases, so therefore everything's all good and in the clear. Let's just fucking rock and roll. But, okay, back to the vaccine thing is one of the things that people really get all wild up about is this idea that there's never been a double-blind test on any vaccines ever, and that's not true. I thought, I had read that it was and I thought it was true but apparently it's not because they had the uh well they had the Edmonton strain for measles which was a, a test um and then they had the Salk polio virus and there was actually like 1.3 million children that they did a double blind test for the uh, polio vaccine so when they had it in the area you know they they gave the vaccine to children that were in high incident areas of um of polio and so they uh the cases in that area dramatically dropped, like dramatically. So they hadn't made any sort of other changes. So through the process of elimination, they knew it was the vaccine making the difference because the children that didn't receive the actual vaccine, that only got a placebo, there was a high enough uh, rate of infection among them and there was none among the ones that received the vaccine. So that was proof that it actually had worked and then they did the same thing with the the Edmonton strain for the the uh the measles and so they they didn't get it either and so what's really interesting about measles too is that um it's super contagious it's uh it's got a 90 percent infection rate apparently so if you're in a room of 100 people and 10 people have it well by the time you leave, there's going to be like 80 more people that have that virus. I think that math is right. Well, let's say it's one person out of 100, at least all of them but 10 are going to have it, right? So that's way higher than COVID-19 is. I think when Princess, whatever, it was like 17%. Was it the Princess Diamond cruise ship? Only like 17% of all the people on the cruise got it. And that's like 3,500 people in a fucking sardine can bobbing around on the ocean. Yeah. Um, so... That'll, that'll tell you something there. So uh, it tells me something. And it, what it tells me is that, you know, the possibility of this infecting all of America is really, really super duper slim. And it's probably going to get conquered uh, a lot sooner than what, you know, our most alarmist models say. Now, I don't like making predictions, though, because I'm really bad at predicting things. But that's just, you know, that's my best educated guess at the moment. You know, um, you know, and so I had read up a bunch on how exactly the vaccines work, and you know they use different parts of the body or different parts of your blood cells and your immune and your immune system, particularly like the macrophages. You know, those are the white blood cells that uh, that are basically your body's alarm bell. And then they also use the B lymphocytes, which are like your conventional military. They go out there and they just hunt down and they kill the fucking actual germ itself. And then you've got your T lymphocyte, which is like your KBG kind of cell as far as uh, operators go. Um, they don't just kill the infection or the viral particle itself. They kill the fucking host cells that are infected. They come in there. Comrade, you are compromised. Bam, and you're fucking done. They're like the, uh, like the KGB that took care of all the uh, hostages in the uh, movie theater during the Moscow movie cri movie theater hostage crisis that was back in like October of 2002. They, uh, they had a bunch of terrorists go in there. Uh, I believe they were, 
uh, I don't know if they, I think they were Iranian, um, but they were, they were one of those uh, Middle Eastern extremist groups, and they wanted uh, prisoners freed, whatever, and so they had a bunch of people held hostage in this movie theater as the guys are in there, you know, traditional story, AK-47s, and so what did the, what did the Russians do? They gassed everybody in the movie theater. They killed the hostages and the hostage takers. They just gassed them all right there. Problem fucking solved. So people knew taking hostages in Russia was just not an effective mechanism to get things done. Like you're just, you have to find another way, comrade, because uh, they're not putting up with your shit. So anyhow, that's what the T lymphocyte cells are doing. They go in there and they kill the, the, ho the infected host cells. And so... Um, those are all different ways that the um, vaccines are different types or portions of the cells of the immune system that are used to stimulate immune response. Some of them are actually uh, sound the alarm bells and then you know your your B lymphocytes come in and they learn to fight and then the other ones are leftover parts of the uh, T lymphocyte, your KGB B cells. And that's kind of the way that they work from my very uh, layman's understanding of it. So then the other side of things, the other issue that everybody runs into is, you know, are they safe? You know, how much injury do they cause? Well, they cause a bit, you know, most of it shoulder injury. You know, people get uh, a shot in the shoulder, usually too high up, and the liquid gets injected into a ligament between the bone and uh, apparently it really does a number especially the tetanus vaccine really does a number on your ligaments if it gets directly injected into it it just wreaks havoc on people's shoulders and can you know hurt them for years but you know there's also you know uh what is it other serious things that can come about it you know when you compare it, uh, tetanus has a mortality rate of like 13.2%. It is a shit ton higher than COVID-19. So like that's one of those things like you just kind of want to, you know, try to avoid. And apparently it's like a really awful way to die. Uh, but then on the other side of things, like they're not all created equal, right? So you know, I think that there's plenty of them, like smallpox. Smallpox killed the shit out of people, and you know it's been eradicated from the planet. So that was a really good really good vaccine that came along there you know along with the polio vaccine you have a bunch of kids walking around crippled not not walking around crippled you know because they're they're paral they're paralyzed they're paralysisized that's a word that's going to be a new word paralysisized just run with it okay don't correct me I, I don't need to learn the language the right way let's just make a new one as we go okay so they got that um but then on the on the other side of things like Gardasil and uh, there was another one, Server-X I think is what, I think it was called Server-X um, not Server-X like Static-X you know, the uh, the 90's band but Server-X like your Cervix growl um, it had a lot Gardasil in particular had a lot of uh, really adverse reactions, like 12,000 21,000 girls it was tested on and like 12,000 400 of them had uh, adverse reactions and of that like 700 something of them were considered serious it included you know anaphylaxis motor neuron disease pancreatitis and even even some of them died and so that but it still it still got allowed onto the market because the mentality behind that was that they would um 
that there'd be more people who died of cervical cancer and HPV-related complications than would um, die from the vaccine itself. So I guess, you know, the whole greater good thing was kind of weighed out there. But I can understand some of the criticism there. I mean, I, I totally do. And it and because there's the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the vaccine injury uh, protection group or something. It's, uh, yeah, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. And that was created back in like 1986. And uh, yeah, it's... It's a government-funded thing, so that way it doesn't discourage vaccine makers from trying to, you know, create new vaccines for new diseases because there'd be too much liability involved. And it's, it's paid out like $13 billion to people. Uh, $3.7 billion. I had to look at my notes here. I'm cheating today, guys, because this was a whole bunch for me to digest. Um, but, yeah, they, they haven't paid one cent for autism. Which, you know, that'd be a pretty big cash cow if somebody could prove that. I know that doctor made that whole uh, documentary about it, but apparently that was seriously eviscerated. Um, now, that's a whole nother wormhole of conspiracies right there. I know, I know. And maybe another day we'll have to look at that. But like right now, like, uh, not fucking doing it, guys. SOL. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of room to have serious, serious uh, skepticism about the real intentions of vaccine makers. I mean, right, we all know or we all have heard horror stories of medical industries and uh, medicine for profit and, you know, profiteering. I don't want to say medicine for profit like it's a, you know, a four-letter word. It's some sort of mortal sin. It's just that, you know, a lot of people do a lot of screwy shit to make extra money. Like there was that doctor that was... Uh, intentionally misdiagnosing people and then treating them with can for cancer because he could charge so much for the medications and for the chemo like there's some really fucked up unscrupulous people and I'm not going to tap dance around the fact that you know in order to become like a really powerful CEO these days to make a shit ton of money you got to be willing to you know crack some eggs you got to treat people like numbers and just go on about your rat killing and start racking up the profits for those shareholders and these pharmaceutical companies aren't any different than that at the top end of it. Yes, they do produce, some of them do produce a lot of good products. I think a lot of them produce a lot of really good products. And, you know, there, there's a ton of things out there. I, I can't think of a lot of them off the top of my head because I'm, you know, that's not my, my area of expertise. Uh, but there's, there's still plenty of room for criticism, but you got to kind of look at it both ways and say, okay, what are the risks? You know, be aware of the risk. And I understand that, you know, there's effort to suppress those risks because they've spent a whole bunch of money trying to, uh, trying to develop those drugs. You know, so there's, there's risk, you know, for everybody involved, but specifically for the, the end user, right? I mean, you get a vaccine and then you're fucking paralyzed when you were trying to get a vaccine to keep you from being paralyzed, which I know, uh, that sounds like polio, but polio vaccine didn't paralyze anybody. It was uh, apparently that Gardasil, the motor neuron disease. I, I don't know much about motor neuron disease, but it sounds to me like paralysis. You know, my neurons aren't motoring. I can't fucking move them. Well, yeah, let's just run with that. So, yeah, there's um, 
a lot of criticism to be heard about it. And there's a lot of criticism on the other side of things to say that none of the fucking vaccines have ever worked and that it's all just coincidence. That is a that is a preposterous position to hold. There's so much uh, circumstantial evidence and clinical evidence in the double-blind trials. And there's a lot of them. There's like a whole fucking lot and you just have to do the legwork to do it. But I did some of it for you. And that's uh, kind of you know where we're at but if i was to really really just go off and say well what what was the big scheme behind you know your master planned uh vaccine conspiracy right so if i was just a daydream on it i would think that it'd be a really cool trick if i wanted to go with the whole let's say bill gates agenda 21 thing right he wants to depopulate the world and uh get it down to sustainable numbers to where you know, we can have this closer utopia, whatever kind of environment that every, you know, master, evil mastermind genius dreams of. Uh, you'd make a vaccine that protected you against STDs, but then it made your children sterile. I don't know how you'd do that. I don't know how you would do that. But, I don't know, you could probably take like the whole uh, theme or the whole concept behind the I Am Legend, you know, where they took an uh, actual virus and then they re-engineered it to be a uh, like an inoculation for something. But then in this case, it would just rewrite your cells so that way your reproductive cells produce children that couldn't produce children. So then that way you could get the vaccine distributed to everybody and then they wouldn't even know until a generation later when it was too late. And then they would test this in really poor areas. You know, places where there's real high instances of uh, of STDs, and I, I don't know. That that's that's like if I was to write a conspiracy theory on vaccines, that's the one I would write. So thinking about that and the whole uh, you know utopian future, and that it's you know, kind of the way that we're looking at uh, the current situation is you know uh, Andrew Yang was going on about. UBI, and he's not the first guy to talk about UBI, Universal Basic Income, and implementing that, and like that's kind of what's talking about right now in Congress, and how um, we're gonna have to pay people for X amount of time, you know, per per household or per person, whatever, right? So everybody gets the same amount of money. But then like that that right there, I don't think that you know, even with the automation going, with all the robots working and doing all the work for you. I don't think we're ever going to achieve that fully automated luxury communism that all these commies dream of. Um, just because, well, I guess psychologically as a species, we are not ready to cooperate like that. Um, you know, we, we still have all these natural drives to be superior, and so do all the people that want to implement this kind of stuff. Like, you know, you might intellectually believe that this is a good thing but psychologically like you still have those motor drives to you know rise to the top of your peers uh, most do right uh, other people don't do that because they don't rise to the top of the peers and they're you know they're the beta the beta males yeah I'm talking to you beta males I got some new alpha high blah blah whatever I'm gonna sell you yeah um, to get you all alpha alpha jacked um, <laughs> but I don't think that it's going to work like that because we still have all these really basic impulses and then all the people at the top of the all the top the government you know the corporations you know you're really powerful people they definitely have those that's how they got so fucking powerful right and so 
there's gonna be an entire shift I think this is how I picture it right you're gonna have disproportionate growth so at first it'll seem really cool really fair you know let's say every family gets a thousand dollars from the people that have no job to the people that make millions and so everybody gets that thousand uh, dollars a month and and that's fine and will sustain them at first but it's not going to continue to be sustainable um, I, I don't know what the time scale would be but things are going to keep going and the, the machines are going to be able to produce more and more as they become more uh, more sophisticated and more efficient right and so you'll have plenty of people that still have really technical jobs and are required to keep the machines working you know uh, maintenance whatever programming um, yeah, and a lot of that will be taken over and so though you'll have a really large time of disproportionate growth for those people that can do those jobs but meanwhile everybody's still um, having kids right so the generations go on the jobs keep getting more complex but the people aren't necessarily getting any getting smarter or trained enough to keep moving forward right so more and more people are getting unemployed more and and more right so there's always a continually growing larger population of people that are utterly unemployable and you know you're thinking right now well that's the whole point then we don't have to work we don't have to do all these things that we don't like to do just to sustain ourselves daily and you know we're just toiling and miserable and we go to a job and we hang out we work with people we don't like and buy shit we don't need you know to because that's consumerism and you know a lot of people at the other end of it are just trying to get by and don't have enough to eat and once they get that then they'll be happy and content just to you know go to the park and, and write poetry but then you think well these people are spending that money but they're not able to make but so much you know, they get what they get and then that's the end of it so that there's no more extra income coming in I mean that they're buying they're consuming but they can only consume as much as they or they can only buy as much as they can consume as much as they barely need because the price of everything is going to continue to to increase unless you know we just totally give it over to the entire government and say okay look we're getting rid of all the corporations it is truly fully automated communism so now the government owns every fucking thing well now you're not paying any taxes well you're paying taxes off the UBI they gave you but you're not generating anything well, what do they need you for just to you know to flex on just to show you like how benevolent they are oh well there's that dominance hierarchy showing up there right there's that need to be in control and to tell people how to live and where to go uh, how do you fundamentally change the very nature of human psychology in such a manner that that doesn't turn into some sort of horribly dystopian toxic environment that really just is predicated on violence and oppression and control and dominance like that's that's a pretty uh that's kind of how i see it going up how i see it going down like that the only other way i could see it working to where it was um a little bit less malevolent would be like what if uh you know because communes have worked in the past but they're all small right everybody has to be believe in the cause right they got to feel connected so maybe once uh, the ubi thing goes in right once the automation kicks and not the UBI, right? So the only way, maybe the only way to actually have a functioning society like that would be lots of micro societies that all the 
people and the governments were very small, very localized, very nationalized, right? Tribal even. Tribalism would allow that to actually work because the people felt immediately uh, represented among their peers. Everybody would have an equal voice like that. You wouldn't have uh, as much need for somebody to be the leader like that. And then when there was time that a leader was needed among for... Uh, you know, social issues, the people that were making the decisions or weighing in on it would be directly, immediately involved, or at least, you know, in, in the area close enough that it was, um, they have, they have skin in the game, that they know the culture and the society and the effects of it. Uh, I just, I can't see that working on like a fully global scale or even a national scale. I mean, you know, our country's big as hell. And we can't even get things to work within a single state. We have all that's why we have all these different cities that have different, you know, laws and the county that they have has different laws and then the state has different laws than what the uh the cities and the counties have and that has different laws than what the federal has. Right? And so then this is part of the reason why I also think like the whole uh one world government is really just a giant uh joke. I mean, you know, I like the idea that we have world peace, we don't have to worry about a you know, nuclear wars and stuff like that, but, you know, every area's got so much different culture. People have different ways of finding out different or believe in different things, things that influence them to do things and act and to value things differently ahead of others, and it's all culture and environmentally related, and we don't all have the same factors going in on it, and so I don't think that's going to be worth a, worth a shit. You know, that's exactly what we see going on in the EU right now, or when with Brexit and, you know, pretty much all over the U.S. Like, that is situation normal. Other places like China, yeah, they got all one giant federal government, but, geez, they gotta be fucking horrendous to do the things that they do as efficiently as they are. And is that really a price worth paying for it? I mean, I guess maybe it is. You already clicked I agree to the terms of service, didn't you? This has been the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm Bill Unstoppa, and if you enjoyed what you heard here today, please like and subscribe. Or if you're on uh, Spotify, just, you know, just give me some feedback. Share it. Take it easy.